Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to the second series of the Olive Magazine Vegan Podcast. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each week I'll be joined by an expert to take a dive into a specialist plant-based subject. This week I'm learning about what we can and can't drink on a vegan diet. Okay, I'm here with our drinks writer, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi. And we're going to be talking about what to look out for when choosing vegan drinks, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Um, first of all, Hannah, why are some alcoholic drinks not vegan? So um, probably the main thing that people might know about, but if you haven't, is um, not all beer and wine is vegan. Okay. And the reason, be- the reason because of that is um, the process to make wine and beer clear and not hazy, yeah. which is really common um, and most... Um, wine and beer producers will do that or at least mainstream ones um, is um, it's a process called fining okay so fining basically involves um, adding a substance to wine yeah that basically um, I won't go into the science too much but basically it helps the kind of sediments and all the things that you want to get rid of in the wine yeah it sort of clings to it and then you can flush it out of the wine yeah if that makes sense so you can filter out at the end yeah. um finding is done like after fermentation before you age and bottle the wine yeah and traditionally you would use um often animal derived products yeah so things like albumin which is egg whites yeah um casein which is like a milk protein um isinglass which is uh fish bladder made from taken from fish bladders okay this is banned now but you used to traditionally use bull's blood Oh my um, God, really? Wines. Yeah. But I've that, actually seen wine called Bull's Blood before. Yeah, I think it's a Hungarian wine. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they were embracing it fully. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure which country this was used in, but yeah, so that was, um, um, and there was another one, uh, chitin, which is like made from crustacean shells. Oh, okay. Yeah. So those are, those are ingredients that are still used now. Um, not with all wines, but that's traditionally what people used. Um, so obviously if you're going to use animal products like that mm. in, in 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 finding your beer and wine um it's not going to be vegan so what stage of the wine production does that happen <laughs> so uh, i'm not a winemaker but very very broadly what you do is you get the grapes yep. and you crush them um which obviously creates something called the must which is like the juice and the skins and the stems um and then you add yeast ferment it into wine mm. and then after that um is usually when you I think usually transport the wine into like tanks right. or vessels. Um, and that's when you, you will find the wine. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you'll age it and bottle it. So the sort of things we're taking out are things like tiny particles of 
um, the skin and I guess the, the grape um, stems as well. Is that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, it'll be stuff like that. But it's also generally anything in the wine that will make it look hazy or that might affect sort of the aroma, colour or bitterness. Okay, yeah, because I read that, that actually the reason that using finance is so important for winemakers mm. is that it kind of gives the wine a smoothness as well. It takes away bitterness. Yeah, so I think that's quite important for red wine. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, finding is kind of a contentious topic. Yes. Yeah. Not all winemakers necessarily think you need to do it. Oh, um, really? So, yeah, so, um, so essentially... You can like clarify, you can make wine clear and not hazy if you just put it in a cool place and just let it rest. Oh, wow. And then eventually it takes months, all the, the sediment everything, everything you to want, the bottom. Yeah, will go to the bottom. Um, but obviously that takes longer. So firing is like a quicker way. And it costs um, it costs more money as well, doesn't yeah, it? Because yeah. you're gonna have to because you've got time yeah. waiting for your wine to to come to maturity. Exactly. So um in order to kind of have affordable wine yeah um finding is something that a lot of producers do and a lot of producers do believe that it results in a better wine however um a lot of nat natural wine producers believe that finding the wine and this goes this is the same for beer as well yeah they believe that that it would uh, negatively affect the flavor of the wine or alter it in some way okay um so they'll either um yes yeah, so often they'll say and they'll label on the bottle you know unfined or unfiltered oh so you, if you see unfiltered that means it hasn't been so are we talking about when we talk about natural wines mm. they wouldn't have gone through that fining process um I mean, natural that... wine potentially so natural wine is a really really broad umbrella term yeah. and it can involve everything from organic and biodynamic wines to you know no additives in the wine but then some producers might add some it's not like a legal term yeah do you know what I mean it's so more it's of a, a like a it's, it's more of a movement yes exactly so I would look on the bottle for it to say unfined or unfiltered mm. um some wines will actually say they're vegan or vegetarian yeah as well um but it's quite a sort of murky area in it's a murky area isn't it because yeah. I was reading about it and um it said it, a lot of what I read said because because the because the findings things like the, the albumin or the casein or whatever they use, because they don't appear in the final wine. Mm. They're not necessarily, they don't necessarily have to be labelled on the bottle, depending on where the wine comes from. You know, they don't have to be declared. So so basically, I think, um, and this goes for a lot of stuff, the, there's the Vegan Society, which is a really useful resource mm. um, for loads of different reasons. Um, if you apply to them to have a Vegan Society label on your on your bottle, whatever it is, then they will you you'll get that certificate to say your wine is absolutely vegan. Mm. However, if you get a bottle of wine that doesn't have that, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not vegan. No, so it, that's quite you know confusing for the consumer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I have to be honest. I I delved into it and I kind of went down a rabbit hole <laughs> of reading about EU uh, and UK laws for wine labelling, which um, yeah was quite quite dense. Yeah. But um, yeah, so for example. Um, I think legally in the UK, you have to say uh, if your wine contains allergens like milk or egg, but okay. only above a certain amount. So if the amounts are so low that like they're trace, not detectable. Yeah. Um, and also there's the separate issue of even if there aren't, even if you say, oh, well, actually we've removed all the egg and milk or all the traces from the wine, yeah. if you still used it to make the wine, yeah. then uh, if you're vegan, that's still not you know, you're probably not going to want to drink that, right? No, because true, because products were used within, yeah, in the manufacture of it, yeah. Not, in, even if they're not yeah. in the final product, it's still, you know, 
it's still problematic. Right? Yeah, but yeah, I think I think the main thing is if you if if you want rock solid proof, then you would be looking for that vegan label. And I think a lot of manufacturers are getting a lot more wise to it. And if they're not using it, they, they will apply for that vegan certificate. And there's some there's some great online resources. Um, you know, just a simple Google will will give you lists of um, of products in the UK and and worldwide that are vegan and that they've kind of traced back and found out whether they're vegan or not when you talk about beer i mean are they using the same kind of clarification ingredients in beer that they use in winemaking um yeah similar ones yeah um i think the process of when it's added in beer is slightly different right but um but yeah again um checking to see if the beer is vegan is also important it's also worth adding that um beer can be a uh, beer and wine can be fined with vegan ingredients as well okay um so it's not a case of if it's if just beer and wine yeah, has been yeah. fined, you can't go near it if you're yeah. vegan um they just use products like bentonite which is made from volcanic ash and activated charcoal yeah um and actually quite a variety of other kind of clever ingredients yeah. to find and actually more and more wine and beer producers if they want to find their wine and clarify it yeah We'll, we'll go for that. We'll and, go for that. And actually, you know, generally, um, I'm seeing a lot of uh, like new vegan wine brands that really kind of mm. want to push the fact that they're vegan. Supermarkets will often shout and say, you know, they'll have sections which are yeah. like vegan wines on the website, and they'll they're really keen to kind of and same for like you know wine clubs and online wine online yeah. wine retailers. And I think it's something that I suspect is going to become you know, more and more widespread. Yeah, it's kind of visibility, isn't it? Like, I think more and more people are realising there's a huge market out there to make it easier for people to make the choice so they're, they are actually labelling better. Um, I mean, as a rule, it is it is just beer and wine which use that clarification process, but then things that people should be aware of otherwise, if you're talking about drinks um, or the additives that you could, you could have. So say... It, and simple things like an obvious one would be honey, like in a liqueur, if there was honey used as a sweetener mm. in a liqueur. But and the the other thing that I was really surprised to find out about on the non-alcoholic drinks is that um, it's quite common for soft drinks to have hidden ingredients, which I found bizarre. Um, what sort of things do they use for that? Yes, so I always thought soft drinks, it was, you know, adding, you know, secret amounts of sugar or yeah. strange <laughs> sweeteners. But yeah, it turns out there's a lot of animal-based products that are used in soft drinks. So gelatin is used to clarify some drinks um, and animal-based enzymes are also used for the same thing. Um, and there's also a lot of like nutritional additives that are animal-derived that are used for things like, like a, protein drinks. Yeah, like a protein. I think a big one was was adding adding protein to those like protein-rich drinks. Yeah. Um, because obviously it's... It might be a matter of cost or it might be a matter of like what's the most efficient way of getting protein into a drink. But a lot of those are animal derived. And also like a really old one, I think that we all know is E120 e or cochineal, which is made from insect shells. And that gives you this ridiculously bright red color. Mm. So that's um, something to look out for. Because again, it if it's an E number, it, it can be listed as an E number. It doesn't mm. have to be listed as what it is. So it's kind of up to you or to look for that little vegan sign or to maybe go back and check all the ingredients and what they actually refer to. So not, again, not great for the consumer for visibility, but I guess there's lots of, I think, I think you know, maybe one day we'll do a, a podcast on labeling because it's a really interesting subject, mm. like what you're, what you're required to declare yeah. and what you're allowed to not declare under the sort of various 
restrictions. Yeah. There's a lot of like murky um, workarounds and, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Stick around for more drinks advice from Hannah. So again, if you're, if you're going to, um, you know, m- most of these, I guess, you know, things like um, the protein ads and stuff, which it's, it's probably a particular kind of drink, but um, definitely always worth checking out the label. Um, finally, I just wanted to talk about cocktails because obviously it's, it's huge. Like cocktails are one of the biggest things on our website. We've got amazing new drinks letter that goes out every drinks newsletter that goes out every month now is it so there's a every fortnight and then there's a monthly one as well amazing so every two um, weeks and we're creating bespoke cocktails for that we're creating loads of different guides um you're in charge of that as well. <laughs> another one of your babies um but our readers just love cocktails and i think there's a few little sort of tricks that you can do cocktail wise just to get maybe the mouthfeel or to get the texture of, mm. of a cocktail when you don't want to be using animal products so can you talk us through a few of them Yes, yeah, so luckily, um, it's pretty easy to veganize a cocktail yeah. if you need to. Um, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, sour cocktails. Yeah. So ones like amaretto sours and whiskey sours, they classically use egg whites. And you add that in and shake it up with all the ingredients, and that will give that lovely creamy layer mm. like at the top of the drink. Um, but it's a really easy switch um, to make it vegan. Um, so you just use aquafaba, which is the liquid from a can yeah. of chickpeas. And uh, generally, one egg white is like two tablespoons. Right. But generally, I just add it in as I would yeah. normally, shake it up. And, and to be honest, I don't think there's much difference between using egg or aquafaba. So is that a texture thing that it adds to the drink? What do you think it adds to it? Why, why is it always in a sours as well? I just wondered about that. Cause... Um, I think it's a texture thing. It adds a sort of... Um, a, it adds kind of a creamy texture. Yeah. It adds a bit of body to the drink. Yeah, body. Because I think with the sour, you're using... Um, you know, a, lic- a liqueur, a spirit, yeah, and a citrus. So sometimes, it, and also because it's a sour, yeah, it, it tastes sour. Sour, yeah. Also, it kind of balances it yeah, out it just a, adds bit. a bit of you know, kind of roundness. Yeah, you know, sours don't tend to be that sweet, and often sugar adds that kind of like texture, that sort of softer texture that you want. So I think the egg white kind of just you know balances it out. <clears throat> yeah, I think from reading, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, mixologists or bar people who or actually using aquafaba because they quite like it, yeah. you know, instead of egg white. Because obviously if you get egg white in a drink, in a, in a, a bar, it will be pasteurized. Like they mm. wouldn't use, um, but there might be people who still think it's a bit icky to have egg in a drink. You know, yeah. people who don't like egg or if you're a bit worried at home, you might not want to shake up an egg white in case you, of various reasons, um, health or otherwise. But um, also I think, the thing about aquafaba is it's quite bland, so mm. you can get the the texture without actually bringing any kind of flavour or anything into it. And it's also easier. It's and it's easier, yeah. <laughs> True, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, and what other things can we use on, in place of? Um, so probably the couple of things I wanted to talk about was, first of all, um, we mentioned before, but honey yeah. isn't vegan. Um, so any cocktail that requires honey, um, it's really easy to find another swap for that. So things like agave nectar, yeah, agave's great. Um, which is lovely. I love that in um, using to make like a margarita. Yeah, because it's got its own qualities as well, hasn't it? Sometimes honey can be too honey. It's yes, got it's it can be powerful ingredient. Yeah. Um, or if you want something a bit boldly flavoured, um, maple syrup, 
brown rice syrup or like date syrup. Oh, really nice. Like. Yeah, um, really I rich. Think, yeah, date syrup, I think, would be really good in uh, something like an old fashioned. Lovely, yeah. Something like that. Um, another, and obviously the main thing that I certainly think, you know, think about, if I, you know, is cocktails made with that milk or cream. Yeah. So we're talking things like, um, you know, like a white Russian, for example. Yeah. Um, but luckily, the quality of like vegan creams and milk and plant milks is just so good at the moment. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to use that you would normally use double cream for, for example, um, you could use something like cashew cream or you can go to the supermarket. So Oatly do a kind of um, oat, oat, oat cream yeah, yeah. of like a double cream. Um, there's soya cream. Um, and in terms of plant milks, I think you could use anything you like, really. Um, it just depends on... I think most would work well, but it tends mostly on flavour. I I quite like oat milk because I feel like it, for me, mimics the lactic. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I think I think best. it's it's kind of got thick. It's got a thickness to it yes, that yeah. sometimes is missing. So it's like a texture thing. So if you're shaking it, you know, if you're using that in a white Russian, mm. also like flavour profile wise, oat milk's quite bland. It's quite bland in mm. itself. So you can add other flavours to it. I would say definitely. Um, or if you wanted to have a twist to it so um i really love um hazelnut milk um oh, wow. which is, oh, it's just delicious it's like Wait, i've never seen that <laughs> it's really nice it's very um, i was gonna say is it really expensive because hazelnuts are pricey um I, I don't think it's too expensive but i had it and it's it just it's like quite, it feels quite decadent oh wow um, it's quite indulgent like, yeah imagine like yeah liquidized health hazelnuts are just um but that again if you made that in a white russian for example mm. that adds a really nice nutty element that harmonizes the coffee or cashew milk would also work well um obviously i mean there's things like coconut milk and coconut cream yeah. they would add a really distinct flavor yeah to the drink so obviously a classic is like a pina colada but if you're replacing it i would think carefully about the spirits you're matching it with so if you're just like freestyling mm. i'd maybe match coconut milk with something like rum yeah because it's just you know just something. stay in it stay in the same like country kind of thing where yeah you're... and i feel like rum the flavors in rum and often some you know they'll have mm. like little coconut you know it's um that's probably best for something like coconut milk yeah. pina colada has got to be the ultimate like vegan creamy cocktail hasn't it because yes. it is naturally vegan anyway and but when delicious. you think about it you just think it is really good it is really wanna... good yeah i can only have one though it's so oh that's brilliant hannah thank you so much like so much inspiration there um, if you want to go online and check out our amazing cocktail collections, um, do so. And I think what we're going to do is is maybe put some little vegan suggestions on some of our cocktails mm -hmm. about swap-ins, because I think yeah. that'll just be really useful for people because the, the method's the same, but, you know, the um, the ingredients can be swapped out quite easily. But that was great. Thanks so, so much for coming to talk to us today, Hannah. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check out our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head to olivemagazine.com.